Geek Shock. Geek Shock. In a Breeding tourists. Why do you say that? Fuck Four, all of you. Three, Why? What's two. It's just the dumbass questions I get asked. It's like, how did you get on a plane to get here? The fucking idiot give me tourists. An, give here. me an example of a stupid thing a tourist has asked you. Yeah, because now you're just. There's just too many. We need that one. I can't. Just pull one out of that. that. I don't know if you just, know this, but. Just because I'm in a suit doesn't mean I know everything. So, who's the idiot now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but tourism, the lifeblood of the city, it's... We lose tourism. We're not a manufacturing hub. Here. Yeah, you're threatening our jobs. Fuck it. Pay it all over. Oh, yeah, your jobs. <laughs> As somebody said a long time ago, we don't have any natural resources here. We have to mine the tourists. Dead air. Dead I, air. I like that. You, dead if you air. want, dead you dead can air. come over dead here. Air. I, no, no, I can fine. give you uh, engineering lessons. All right. Oh, okay. He yeah. knows engineering. Can I press the buttons? Uh, sure. No. 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 Not Andy. No. Not Andy. <laughs> no promises that the show doesn't explode. And this is the last one, episode four oh five of Geek Shock. I am Master Torgo. Uh, uh, Commander K. <laughs> A very angry Maple Leaf Max. And we're here to talk week and geek. Uh, Jeff is off on assignment, checking out parking. <laughs> Jeez, it wasn't that funny. No, the, fa- the famous Commander K over there. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, and then as I'm standing, I'm eating. Okay, for for those of you in the West, I'm eating a Roberto's uh, burrito. So I'm standing in line, a, a, like a biker dude behind me, white dude, tattooed all all to hell. On his form is a swastika. Nice. Oh, God. And I was like, so you're a white supremacist, patronizing a Mexican place. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, so that um, also pissed me off. I yeah, walked into a union store and there was a straight up like like Nordic white supremacist guy. What, what kind of store? Of, uh, convenience store. Conven- a, pr- a convenience a, store. Oh, convenience. Okay, yeah. I was like in a preemie yes. store. A preemie I, store. I, yeah, they I were was... selling preemies. <laughs> Comes with a little. <laughs> I guess I'd expect a little more at a convenience store, but still, it's always off-putting. Yeah, always off-putting. And yeah, selling I, preemies, that's inconvenient. I would feel a little more I would feel more comfortable with open carry. And if you combine the two, I'm fucking out. Right. There you I go. am I've, out of your establishment immediately. I've stopped flinching so much at open carry now, but uh yeah. But I'm, I'm well, still, you spend enough time in Pahrump. Yeah. That you know, know that that's kind of a law in Pahrump right. that you have to open carry. You don't get to live in Pahrump unless you own a sidearm. <laughs> Gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? Uh, we had our D&D game, and we started the uh, the new season. It was like the big kickoff of the season, and, and everything changed. I didn't realize you uh, <laughs> you finished the last season. Um, what what kicked off this season? Was it a was it more of a Jessica Jones thing, or did it feel more uh, Iron Fist? Uh, actually, it was dangerously Jessica Jones. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. All right. Explain dangerously Jessica Jonesy. Well, I lose myself there. Uh, the group, months upon months upon years ago, found a uh, jeweled skull in uh, their loot while they were going dungeon delving. And of course they picked it up, because why not? Well, well it was... Jeweled skulls are great, but they're always going to come back to bite you. Yeah, well, Sometimes physically. Yeah. 
And it, I mean, it gl- glowed with necromantic magic, but you know, who <laughs> knows what that means? Sure, it's. Uh, I don't know. That only ups its resale value. Mm-hmm. And Major Meh is playing. It's really funny because he's playing a chaotic, evil half orc barbarian, which is kind of Ayn Randian. <laughs> yeah, okay. Which, it's, 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 I would expect that to be lawful evil, but yeah. okay. No, no, he he he's a big it's believer an, in freedom. It's an obje- uh. it's an objectivist orc. Yeah, everyone should be free, but the strongest should rule, and he's the strongest. I see. And he has like an intelligence of seven or something. Do you have any lawful good characters in the party? No. You have any good characters? We have in the good characters. Okay. Everybody's good except for him. Yeah, dude, yeah. he made up the chaotic evil half orc barbarian when I told him that. Paulette was playing a drow, and he was like, oh, I can't, oh, I just can't, oh, the only way I'm going to be able to handle that, because he has a hard time, because Paulette is ruthless. Yes. She's a... She's a torturer. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, y- you remember. I remember. You're, yeah. Are we done questioning this goblin? If Good. You, if you, yeah, if you have her and Deb in a party together, yeah. they are going to terrorize everybody they run into. Yeah. They, they, they will fingernail, wood... Yeah. Wood shoving anybody just to get a yeah. beer. And that's that's fingernails and wood that they're shoving. Yeah. Mm. But um so his his thought that the only way he could compete with with her being a drow, because he thought she was gonna be highly evil, was to do a chaotic evil half orc barbarian. So he was very quickly disappointed to discover that uh, she's actually playing a good ranger. Ah, and how disappointing. And, and, and she's actually playing it good. Yeah, she's actually being Wait, good. This is the first time she hasn't tortured then. Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> We're having moments where... Uh, you got some spicy over there, mister? You got some spice kicking down your, <laughs> your gullet? <laughs> Looks of pain? <laughs> red-faced? <laughs> Canada can't handle the Mexican? <laughs> We're... We're having moments where, you know, like Matt will tell the orc that they left a prisoner tied up in the back and the orc will go in the back and cut its throat because you don't leave prisoners. And Paulette will actually turn to Matt and go, why did you tell him that? Why did you do that? She'll actually get outraged. It's very refreshing. But anyway, back to the original point. He's chaotic evil. Okay. And as soon as they picked it up, I started passing him notes where the the jeweled skull is talking to him and trying to push him towards evil uh being you know being evil and doing stuff and turn him against the party and things came to a head when uh they finally after so many uh adventuring months said you know let's cast identify on this jewel skull <laughs> we ju- well we just got the spell <laughs> oh so you we just got just, we just leveled up that's yeah. the first thing i would cast it on yeah. that makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah. And you didn't uh, go to like a local place and say, um, "I would like to buy a." That, they don't have local, local places. Where yeah. the hell are you? They're, we're plane hopping. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah, they're they're having trouble. They're look. They're on a quest to find home. Wh- wait, you're plane hopping and you come across a jeweled skull in another plane? Uh... Precisely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, that's on you. So when they go to identify the skull, the skull goes into a panic and starts really pushing Lewis's character to take possession of the skull. Because right now it's in possession of the sorceress, who's played by Lewis's wife, okay. <clears throat> which made it interesting. So, and that was interesting because Lewis is being a barbarian telling the sorceress, give me the skull. 
And Stephanie, Lewis's wife, is like, no, I'm not giving you the skull. <laughs> and so we, we ran through that. And I'm starting to shoot texts to Lewis oh. for the silent communication. And I'm dumb as a box of rocks. I just assume work is, is like blowing up. Yeah, Lewis's phone is just blowing up, and he keeps reading it. Yeah. And Come then on. he'll be like, no, no skull. No, Skull, I am friend. You are friend to me? And everyone's like, what's going on? And then his phone would, and he'd read it, and he'd be like, I, is that true? And, you know, and, and then finally. But finally, we realized what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> it, took, it took Andy significantly longer than everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting. I believe I'm, he was done messaging. You're like, oh, that's what happened. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, Andy. <laughs> wow. I'm sending messages. They're liars. They're liars. Don't listen to them. They want to take a. Take me away. You know, they're, they're lying. They're trying to cheat you. Don't let them cheat you. Take me and we shall, you know, and then I, the skull said, we shall rule the world. Well, Lewis says his character really doesn't want to rule the world. So that put in a strange zone in terms of he's not sure about the skull and everything. And so we had, the, 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 we didn't even get to the encounters I had planned on. They had a they had a run into some monsters encounter and then we had this, and we did that for the rest of the night. And then we I had a ring of uh, mind shielding, so I was like, okay, oh. I'll give him this ring. But he hadn't bonded to it yet. The, yes. the, the new rules you have to you can't just put attune. on the ring and immediately use it. You have to attune to it. Yeah, you have to attune to it for ten minutes. So you can't so, just like keep swapping rings around. Yeah. No. Okay. And and the character is gonna wanna attune to it. So I'm trying to talk to this dumbass orc who's being controlled by this necromantic <laughs> skull. Like, you want to put this ring on. So I come up no, with this. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Put on the ring. They're trying to trick you. Yeah, the skull's like, and they're uh, lying. They're lying. So I'm like, all right, well, he wants to be the world's greatest thief. So I come up with this story. So I'm lying to him. <laughs> this is going to make you the best thief that the world has ever seen. His charisma is minus two. His wisdom. Oh, his wisdom is minus two. So his wisdom's minus two. Yeah, his minus two modifier. His modifier. Like a okay. six or something. Yeah, all his me- mental uh, mental stats and all that are really. I've never heard that as a stat. Okay, modifier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, modifier. Yeah. So persuasion. He rolls a natural twenty or a nineteen <laughs> or something like a natural twenty, and my guy who's got a plus four, I think, in wisdom. I'm like, oh yeah, I got this. Bam, three. <laughs> so seven. He's like, so I'm like, fuck, man. All this time I'm role playing. It took like two hours to get at this point, and he beats me on the roll with a minus two modifier. So I'm like eighteen to seven. Yeah, it was heavy. So, on the, it was a he- it was a heavy on the role play. What the hell is with this? It was heavy on the role play this night because mm-hmm. it was it was less strategy and rolling dice, and then it was actually us all getting into character and figuring out how to keep Lewis away from the skull. Right. And how to get well, sounds get, fun. get yeah. the ring. And the real funny thing and it's funny Andy still can't believe this. The ring of mind sh- mind shielding was randomly rolled months ago. I'm I'm basically doing treasure except for something like the skull which is sort of like, yeah, let's throw that in there. Generally, I'm doing treasure where, oh, you're looting the bodies, and I pick up the DMG, and I go to the treasure tables, and I'm like, somebody roll a D100. Somebody roll 3D6, and we just start going through that. And that's how they got the Ring of Mind Shielding. So it's not even like I planted that. And it's really funny because for years now, the interaction between Andy's character and Lewis's is to make Lewis believe he's the boss and maneuver him into doing what they need to do by tricking him into thinking... Uh, X is your idea. It's a great idea. Let's do it. 
There hey, boss, do you want to do you want to take the first shift guard in the night, or you want me to do that? Because I thought you said you wanted to take the first shift. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I will take first shift. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> in a ring of mind shielding, you can't lie to a person wearing a ring of mind shielding. Fun. Yeah. So now, not only did they actually successfully shield him from the the skull tel- telepathic attack, which wasn't easy. We had to trick him into going like down the corridor. A quarter mile to get out of the range of the skull. Yeah. The, what, what corridor of what? Oh, they're in caverns. Okay. Go down random we're corridor? The no, no, no. Right? The oh. corridor oh, they came up. We're in okay. the dead end corridor, so we weren't going to encounter anything. Hey, boss, go search for bad guys. I go search for bad guys. And yeah. he went off. So now it's going to be interesting when you try to maneuver him. Right, yeah. because up until now, I've just been lying to him and trying to... Now I have to, contr- I have to do the same kind of control without lying. Wow. I, have, I have to... Wow. I have to manipulate without lying. And Andy was enjoying the whole, you know, verbal gymnastics of maneuvering Lewis's character into doing something. And now it's just gotten exponentially harder. Yes. And that's why it's a new season. This season's going to be all about the new dynamic of trying to control him without lying. And when he goes to go down the hallway so they can, you know, trick him into putting on the ring, Lewis's character is like, you don't touch Skull. You leave Skull alone. He goes down the hallway. Andy gets him to put on the ring. They, they actually interact with the skull. They do. They identify. They find out a few things about it. And when Lewis comes back wearing the ring, he's like, "Did you touch skull?" And Paulette's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> no. Stephanie maneuvers it per- like perfectly yes. where she doesn't lie. Right. And then Paulette's like, for a no. while. <laughs> oh shit! Fuck. And he's like, "You lie." I was like, "Oh shit." That <laughs> <laughs> was great. It's just great. It so it was fun. It was very fun. So, and then on top of everything else, I'm reading through the DMG under Ring of Mind Shielding. Okay, Lewis, this is what it does. Blah, 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 blah. And then I read, if you die while wearing the ring, your soul enters the ring. Now, you can go into the afterlife if you want, or you can remain in the ring. And I think it's basically to protect your soul from being destroyed or taken by somebody as a you know, okay, mind shielding. Gotcha. If you're in the ring when someone else puts it on, you can communicate with them. Oh, this that's amazing. So I send Lewis a text. Who are you? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, and and he can also talk to the skull if he wishes. If he wishes. He can turn it off. On, so he's doing that plus this ring guy. Yeah, and he's <laughs> trying. He's like, skull, are you still my fr- Or f- I forget what question he asked. And I had the skull not answer him because the skull knows that he can't lie lie to him. Uh So he's like, you get total silence. And he's like, oh. So they have a conversation with this soul inside the ring who eventually is revealed to be a man named Garbin who was killed by Charles Xavier. Remember? The character your character was after? (laughs) Yeah. You told that story? You were after a Charles Xavier? (laughs) Yeah, you're still there. Some former, yes. Now now this is my wizard with no charisma, right? That's the one? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So just see, stories like these that I fully understand the people that turn their D&D campaign into great fantasy novels. <laughs> this this is entertaining right here. Yeah. I would read this novel. This is, oh, my God. And, and, and watch it, too, the interaction. Lewis loves throwing himself in the role-playing and really wants the role-play, so he's pushing it hard. And in, in, in many ways, him being the one that's the focus of this is perfect because he is going to challenge all of them 
right to play it and especially now with the don't lie to me he's gonna force them all to do do dance verbal dances i, I thought he did this. pretty good with the thief thing and then i'm like fuck fucking yeah. roll the die. <laughs> he's like he's like you get an inspiration point because he almost had me believe in that i was like all right cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I should bring the journal for you to read because you get a kick out of it. Just, just the how how um, my Paulette, wife Paulette Paulette writes the journal. <laughs> okay, and she's, writes she's it down. there's she's, a lot of focus on what the loot is and what how Matt screwed up. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt rolled like shit. What an idiot. Uh, Tobias is not sharing. What an asshole. <laughs> Tobias is my character. Yeah, my character Druid. So I'm currently walking around with 1,200 gold pieces. So it's very heavy. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, that's how I, I weaved it in my story. I'm like, look, I'm the greatest thief ever. And I hold up this bag full of 1,200 gold pieces. And everyone's like, where did you get that? I'm like, see, the ring works. I'm the greatest thief ever. You didn't even- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one of the things we uh, we went back and looked at the notes, and apparently the uh, reward for re- returning with the with the evil wizard is, a th- is 100 silver pieces. So we don't and they all that. laugh. <laughs> They're like, okay, reward for capturing the because they were hired to capture your wizard. Okay, so the bounty on your wizard was a hundred silver, and no, they're all, all just like, <laughs> like we're gonna take that hundred silver. Maybe you buy a couple bastard swords. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Wow, it's great. What else? But yeah, yeah. I just I remembered your Charles Xavier story, and I was just like, oh yeah, let's tie this in. So. And so now I forgot about my Charles Xavier. And story. Lewis is now talking to the ring like, "We must find Charles Xavier and kill him for you." And the guy in the ring's like, "Yeah, if you do that, then I'll go into the afterlife." So now we got another plot hook. Yeah, that's great. Mazel tov. That's a great way to begin the next season. We reinforce our mission. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, really, it really does. It really does feel like the beginning of a new season. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's well, a it's a telltale game, and and the and and the finale of the uh, last season would have been the battle with the six hundred drow that we ran into that he didn't expect us to kill. Yeah, I was setting him up to be captured. Oh, like- we got our asses handed to us, except for the barbarian and the druid. Right. So, <laughs> but we, we you didn't guys, die. you guys were you, you were unconscious. Paulette was unconscious. Steph was unconscious, except for the druid and the and the half orc. Tree man, half orc. Tree, yeah, tree man would have. Uh, he saved the day because the orc was about to die. Yeah. So. Tree man basically just stands behind the orc and pokes him in the ass with healing. But I was a giant spider at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, he's a giant. Sp- he turned. He's a morpher. Oh my god, the, the druid. Yeah, he took the path where you change shape, like you know, every all the yeah. He's like he. You should see. He's got. He needs his own fig box for all his animal <laughs> form. Yeah, I got like a dire wolf, dire bear, my spider. I got a croc. Now, are there set things, or it's like whatever your imagination no, no, entails? No, no, it's uh, challenge rating. Challenge so, rating, and also isn't you can't do aquatic or anything until uh, right now. Yeah, right now I can't yeah. do anything flying. Right, yeah. flying aquatic. So the croc is out. I so just no Jaina. Wait, you can't fly because weren't we? Were you a bird? We screwed up the one time. Oh, uh, okay. Which but. is okay because you know he kept saving it for an important moment. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. But yeah, I wow. mean that was really. I mean, he was all. We were all set to be captured, and uh, yeah, most of us got knocked down. But they, we ended up just getting rid of all these drow, which would have been the finale of last season. And then this one, we started up with. We there was a big gap because. Oh my Christ! Yeah. I didn't realize it was so long. But there's but there was a gap because. Well, we, you have to have time in between seasons. And and. 
impasse. We, we couldn't go to the next because production, pre-production. We Absolutely. we basically walked off the map. Kirsten had to like re- rearrange the whole campaign because we walked off his map. Yeah. As as D and D will do. Yeah, that was fine. So yeah, it's been fun. It sounds terrific. It's, yeah. been, it's been very fun. It it and it was yeah. That and boy oh boy that skull thing, I didn't even expect that to happen. I just sent him that that note. Don't let them touch me. And I was like, all right, I, <laughs> that's the note for the night. And it, and it just exploded. Yep. yep. <laughs> so now we gotta go B- a bunch of budding role players. Now we gotta hunt night. down the damn wizard and we gotta destroy that skull in Mount Doom. Apparently, I cut somebody's finger off. All right. What else? What are the geeky things you do? First, I'll say Jeff is away. He's in uh, Los Angeles having himself a nice vacay. He's so, doing geeky stuff. So, he, yeah, I know he had a. He went today to do a VIP experience over at Universal Studios. So, so is he truly, jealous? Am I? Is, is he truly a very important person? Uh, if you have enough money to lay down in front of Universal Studios, you can be a very important person. Absolutely. Hell, I uh, can lay down in front of VIP. There's <laughs> <laughs> bums out there doing that. There you go. See. If that's very important in, bum in LA everyone's a star but uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get a few uh, a very short story from him on how his week went oh yeah it'll be quick Frank and, I were, Frank and I were driving through LA at one point and nobody walks in LA right yeah. and we got to the freeway exit and there was a guy Public standing there with, What's a, that? with cardboard <laughs> sign you know you know need, need money need food whatever he basically and Frankie looks over and goes, "Oh, the poor man! He doesn't have enough money to have his uh, his tips refrosted because he had like <laughs> amazing hair, <laughs> heartless, <laughs> yeah. glorious, glorious." Yes, I brought. I um, made a sick little monkey. What geeky thing I do this weekend? I, I walked. Did you I see watched, it? I watched two things. Still haven't didn't have time to see okay. it. So I, I'm, saw, I I'm, saw it. I'm sad to not have seen it. But again. We usually discuss these things. Uh, yeah, give give it a week for mm-hmm. people to watch it. So we'll discuss it next week. Uh, but what are we anybody discuss? else see it? it? I saw it, and you're the only one. And I have not read the book, and I have not read the miniseries. So it was my first it experience, except for the picture on your wall there. So give you me didn't see the original. Give it? me a spoiler free opinion. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought the act it was really good. Weirdly, the uh, one of the kids from Stranger Things is in it. Yes. So at some point, I'm going to see him in something where he's not a kid in the 80s, and it's going to throw me. Did it make you feel like you were kind of watching another Stranger Things since he was in it? Did it, it feel was a like little that? bit like that, yeah. 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 Which one I was, was wondering it? about that. Which Although one? it was... What's that? Which one was in it? The the black kid, the, the lift... Uh. The lift? <laughs> the lift. Yeah, the lift one. The Uber. Uh, I forget their names. That's okay. You're allowed to. The nerdy kid. Yeah. Okay. The one running the DM game? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. DMing the... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I hear it's fantastic. I hear the kids are great. Yeah. I hear Skarsgård is amazing, which is great to hear because that's been my big skepticism about it. Right. Yeah. It's it's nice and creepy. And uh, um, Kay was telling me about something that was in a book and something that's in a book that isn't moving I'm like yeah I'm glad they didn't go with that yeah I know um, exactly what you're talking about and no they're what? not going to do that what yeah yeah of course everyone so. who's read the book knows what we're talking about <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's not going to happen but uh yeah and I didn't realize it was the first it was just the first half uh for, oh, first half of the book itself yeah and of course you know it's done so well they're going to make a sequel it's I didn't. I know that, that there's out there. This is what they're going to do with the second sequel. So I assume they're going to do the adult part. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I we were you worried that uh, they couldn't fill Tim Curry's uh, 
I was the only thing that concerned Jeez. me about Skarsgård is Skarsgård looks to me like a young man in a lot of makeup. Everything I've seen of him, the pictures, the even the previews, and that's been kind of like my okay. Can I get past that? I think the design is great, but I see the young man inside, if you will. Mm. Who's which yeah. Skarsgård? Uh, the annoying one, youngest one, I think. Right. The, <laughs> I, the only thing I know he was in was Cl- uh, Clover Grove or something like that. Uh, the, the, the Netflix. Is he the one who's in Vikings? I don't know. Because mm. if he plays, if there's a Skarsgård who plays a character named Flocky in Vikings. Flocky? Who is kind Are of... Are you thinking the one that was in um, Blood... Uh, this one's really a, a really thin guy. Yeah. Very, very thin face. Yeah, he's, he, plays, he plays a very... He's a somewhat mystical, and he's also kind of crazy... In Vikings. Okay. So if if that's who it is, I didn't put the names together, then yeah. Uh, I will say this. I did finally see a picture this weekend of, because, you know, if you've seen the original TV It, you know, there's two forms of Pennywise. There's regular Pennywise and there's Terror oh, Pennywise no, with, the, no. with the teeth and so on. I, I finally saw a picture of Terror Pennywise from the movie, and I was 100% sold. That, yeah, it's, it's pretty, that's that's fantastic makeup. It's okay. a pretty creepy image. And, right. and I got the wrong Starzard, by the way. Uh, matches confirmed. Okay. Even if even if I hate it, which I'm everything I'm hearing about, I'm mm. definitely not going to hate that this one. movie. Um, that's the one. Now, have that's you seen the, the dangerous oh, right. bet on the Shock Monkey's lair? The dangerous bet. Yes. Uh, Jake Jake Godbold and Matt Spaulding are arguing about whether they're going to go beyond two movies in this. Aha. Uh-huh. And the loser. And there's a date. It's like five years up. It's September 12, 2022. It has to happen by. If there oh, is, if, there is if, a full-on bet happening. A full-on bet if, if there's not a decision. on If there's not a third movie by then. And what's the date again? Uh, September 12, 2022. Okay. that's that's. I think that's plenty of time. The uh, uh, After we get our answer, the loser must post a video Downing a pint of Lead Miller Sunrise. Oh Jesus Christ! Yes, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't make that. So some, <laughs> so someone is going to lose. Yes, and somebody's going to die. <laughs> lose hard. <laughs> that's that's commitment. That is uh, uh, as, as I posted. It's uh, that would be like trying to so drink Jay a pint Gat- of oatmeal. Godbold, Matt of the Two Broke Geeks podcast. Mm-hmm. These are the two guys going at this. It, here, here's my fear. I th- I think they'll stop at two because that's what it is, mm-hmm. the, the story, unless for some reason they feel that there's too much story they need to draw it out. Why is that a fear, though? Because it's, shouldn't it be like that? Like that, that's My fear is that they'll draw it out further than it needs oh, to Oh, okay. Be. Sorry. I, I yeah. heard you wrong. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I know Matt's I – th- I think Jake put it out there, the the worry that they're, they'll go like to a prequel of what uh, – the the history of Pennywise, which is not a bad idea, because there is a lot of Pennywise history in the novel It. Yeah, there's almost a novel's worth of Pennywise history in I'm, It. I'm actually interested in reading the novel because of that. The the, the history stuff looked interesting. It's, little, it's little bits they touched on. I've heard a lot of people say that that's where it gets too long winded for them for the novel. Mm-hmm. That's part of the novel that I like the best. Mm-hmm. Is just the the history pieces of dairy, the uh, the old news newspaper mm-hmm. pieces, yeah. So there could be a third movie and yeah. still stick to the the topic. However, this is Hollywood, yeah, and this is the highest grossing horror movie ever, as far as a weekend goes, mm-hmm. opening weekend. Uh oh, uh, and the highest grossing R rated movie ever. Oh wow, in its opening weekend. 
So this thing is kicking records all over oh, the place. Boy. Michael Bay's uh, It. Yeah. So <laughs> it continues. Hollywood has a hard time saying no to money. It again. And it's... Uh, it's right, coming It again. is right now printing money. And you can bet that it's going to make a lot of money even in merchandising at this point. It's mm-hmm. not over until it's over. And it's not. I always like... I, I like my... It's uh, uh, It ate Pennywiser. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. But... Uh, Get nine, pound foolish. I could actually see that as a third movie, though. That makes sense. But they could easily turn this into an extended franchise, going into other historical moments before these kids battled back its. Even Pennywise is already iconic because of Curry. This movie will probably make this version of Pennywise iconic, especially after I hear as good as Skarsgård is. So. It would not surprise me because unless there's some kind of clause, which these clauses rarely happen, and King movies haven't been doing well enough to enforce this clause, that King has like a kill clause. Okay. That he, he can final edit. You need final edit to kill till it. And well, Stephen King doesn't have final edit on his movies. Even after staring at this, that piece of artwork on your wall for years now, Mm-hmm. I was startled and surprised by the opening sequence. Ah, I, I the Georgie sequence. Did not expect that. And I, I will say there was a uh, jump scare um, near the end of the movie that made me literally scream in the theater. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, you know that, Todd. You, <laughs> could, you got Andy one time. Andy and I were shooting zombies at my house, and Todd yeah. Todd came in the door. I left I the door unlocked, and Todd just very quietly came up behind us, and he was just like, Rah! and Andy, on the couch, fell on his back and raised his feet and bicycle kicked and waved his hands and went, ay 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 I completely forgot yeah. about that. Wow. And it's like, and I just turned and I see, oh, Todd, and there's Andy. (laughs) (laughs) He was laser focused at the moment. Yes, he was. was. There were zombies to kill. Yeah. Yeah, I made it VR. Don't go to war with you. You drop the foxhole and bicycle kick. (laughs) (laughs) There are no atheists in foxholes, just bicycling Andy's. (laughs) Bicycling Andy. What else you do, guys? Oh shit! We do anything else? I'll tell you a few things. I did. Oh, good. Good. Uh, I, I watched. Two, I've found enough time to watch a couple things this weekend. Uh, one not so geeky, but for me, it was kind of like a. I don't. I don't know. A, a, a finishing a, a of something from my youth that I didn't realize was left unfinished. I watched Taps. Oh, wow. this weekend for the first yeah. time. Oh, I forgot Taps existed. Yeah. Uh, I but as a kid, this what came out December eighty one. I think I was reminded from the 80s All Over podcast that Mm -hmm. reviews every movies from the 80s in order. Right. From my youth, I remember the previews because they were so stark. Because there was no music in the preview. It was just the sound of guns clacking, the the butt of of rifles clacking onto the floor of Mm -hmm. a dorm Mm -hmm. hallway. And that was the only sound. And then it interspaced it with... uh, Pieces of the movie, of course. I've never watched that movie all the way through. I've seen, it's one of those things I've seen bits and pieces of on cable. Okay. Andy, it would it would blow your mind. Yeah? Tom Cruise. Yes. Well, it, it, it actually, 
things have slowly come around and made sense. But for a while there, it was really weird that Tom Cruise was the nut job and <laughs> Sean Penn was the voice of reason. Wow. This was their first movie role. Right. I mean, Tom Cruise was originally an extra, and they caught his eye so much that they cast him in this part while they were doing uh, drills for all the boys. Wow. And this uh, Timothy Hutton's second role after he won the Academy Award for Ordinary People. Right. In fact, he started working on this movie the day after he accepted that award. So, and it's the movie is great for nothing else than to watch these three young actors try to outact each other and take it so seriously that every performance from these three guys are impressive. Yeah, they're great. It's extraordinary. That's you. You can see why. Penn was expected to be such an amazing actor, which he is. Penn is an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. But you can see that what Hollywood's eyes would have glowed right after this movie. Wow, so you saw a critically acclaimed masterwork <laughs> of cinema, and, and I just remembered I watched Over the Top. Yeah! Wow. <laughs> so you're here, way high bar, wow. now way down at the bottom. Meet me halfway! <laughs> Across the sky. He's over the top. Oh, the it's arm wrestling. wrestling. Arm wrestling. Yeah. I just remember to watch that. Wow. And I. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh god. I weirdly remembered that, that there was a show called Crap. I was talking about this the other the other day with you. Okay. I don't remember um, that show. Hot Hot L Baltimore. There was a TV show called Hot L Baltimore. Yep. Because the name of the place is Hotel Baltimore, and the E was broken. And I just remembered it existing, so I went on the rabbit hole trying to figure out what the hell it was with the vague bits I remembered of it. And it's based on an off-Broadway thing. It's a bunch of, you know, the, the people live in this hotel and the, the manager and the bellboy. And it was Norman Lear's first failure. It lasted oh. 13 episodes. But the uh, kind of quirky bellboy that was like one of the major parts of it mm-hmm. was played by James Cromwell. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'd forgotten that was in there. Sure. Yeah. But that's not available anywhere. I went looking around trying to see if they put episodes of that on YouTube, and that's okay. not around. You know what is available, though, is Over the Top. So I want to hear yeah, 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 yeah. about your, your experience watching Over the Top. Because to me, Over the Top is known for one thing, killing the movie soundtrack career of Kenny Loggins. This is the last movie I know that had Kenny Loggins in a major really? musical role. Uh, okay, maybe it was uh, Caddyshack. Maybe was, it was Caddyshack too. Caddyshack two might have been that actually. What was over the, the top? Was after Top Top Gun? Yes. Holy shit! Okay. Yes, it was because I was already a fan of Top Gun at that point. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movie. Spoiler. <laughs> okay. For me, it's my. It's actually I, my favorite movie. I love this Canadian whose favorite superhero is Captain America, <laughs> and whose favorite movie Listen, is Top Gun. Half my childhood was in Florida. Wow. That explains a lot. That does. You like orange juice? I do actually. Yeah, with plenty of pulp. Do you, do you like it with potato chips and served with a hot dog? Those are both great things. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. That's a Florida thing? That's all at Miller Sunrise. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Matt, I just laugh Jake, at I, I just laugh even. at the road trip to Vegas and I'm like, it's it's seeing all those old places like the sands and all that. It's kind of yeah. funny. But it's just, but it's just like Stallone trying to be the father figure because you know he sucks at doing that. Like, you know, I can't even do it. No, don't do it. Continue what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, like 
life is hard and only meets you halfway and you got to reach for the top and over the top. And I was like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> it's it's a movie full of colloquial. I, I like, love the hat thing. <laughs> when he's, uh, oh, yeah, I turn, turn it. Hat around. When I turn my hat around. That, you know, that's the moment when it's all going to be. And he's just, <laughs> I, I turn into a machine like this, this, this truck here, <laughs> like a truck. I'm a machine like the truck. I'm like, wow, great acting, Stallone. Uh, Why yep. did I like you again? Oh, yeah, Rocky. To this day, still haven't seen Over the Top. You should. It's like nostalgia to the I 80s. remember when it was in the top American Top 40 <laughs> in music, that theme. Yeah. But that's all I know about it, and it's arm wrestling and Stallone and his kid. Or a kid. That yeah. is his kid. Yeah. And the prize is hundred grand or something, and the truck. So the whole thing is doing it for this truck. Oh, um, of course. Like a, well, th- that truck, is, that's expensive. Yeah, two yeah. two fifty yeah. or something. Yeah. But I mean, well, yeah, and you get the truck, and you just <laughs> and you're driving because you're driving in the truck. You come on the hill, and you you go over the top. <laughs> and while he's driving, the whole time he's got this. So he's training. You know, as arm wrestlers do, they train, right? Right. So in his and there's truck, a montage, right? Montage. Yeah. Okay. But he's driving. He's talking to his kid, and he's got this like, um, I don't know. He's engineered because you know he's he's smart. This this truck driver. Oh. <laughs> and he's got this like weight lift. So so he he uh, arm wrestles with his right arm. So so he's driving, and he's like, I, are you, are you, know, you doing, are you showing doing, something visual doing, right doing now? Doing arm curls okay. in this truck because he's got this like makeshift arm curl machine. You're missing the best video moment, Andy. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, really. <laughs> I was I was looking up Kenny Loggins' movie song. Sorry, Andy. Andy takes care of the important stuff, videoing us talking. <laughs> right, exactly. The stuff that the viewers are gonna miss. You know, so he's, he's truck driving, and you're gonna 18 gears manual shift. But you know, he's there training, like you know, because you know you never change gears. <laughs> so he's fucking like training, and the whole time he's there, so he's like, yeah, you gotta do it just like this, like this, and then you gotta go over the top, and I'm gonna be the best. So can you. And life beats you halfway. Just remember that. Turn the hat like this. I'm like, oh, my God. what? And, like, this is awesome. It's so bad, it's awesome. I would be really sold if he had that one big Morty arm. <laughs> Rick and Morty arm. Yeah. You know, yeah. On one side where, like, the other side is just skinny, like my arm. And then the right arm, just this massive Schwarzenegger arm. Yeah, that's why you just train. Just gotta train one part of your body. It's the only one you need. It's it's this. It's a sport of one arm, one yeah. arm sport, over the top. Jeez. I gotta see that movie. Uh, I gotta throw yeah, that. It's, I gotta it's, throw it's, that on my Netflix. It's too. bad. It's so bad. It's not on Netflix, is it? No, I saw probably it on, not. Um, IFC or something. I don't okay. Know. Something. It's okay. I'll get the disc. He's got it on Blu-ray now. Yeah. Do you have it on Blu-ray? No. Laser disc. I would have got. I would have got collector's edition of that. Yeah. Laser disc. Yeah. Beta disc. Hell yeah. Three disc set. So I was looking for Kenny Rogers movie song, Kenny Loggins movie songs, and and the over the top one doesn't even show up. (laughs) It was a hit. I don't know if I don't even know if cracked the top twenty, but it definitely got radio play. Definitely got radio play. I also watched Con Man. The oh, whole good. Fir- first season of Con Man. It uh, all showed up at one time on Sci-Fi Channel on Saturday. Yeah. Um, that's a fun show, but man, it's that's a fine example of cringe comedy, where where it's you. The comedy is all based on the embarrassment of one person. Oh, yeah. Good. That stuff. Who does that remind you of? Andy. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> 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 
was like, where's he going with Yeah, there's, there's, if you like cringe comedy, there's some beautiful, uncomfortable moments in this show. If you hate cringe comedy, you're going to be in goddamn pain watching this show. Well, I love Alan Tudyk, so. Yeah. You know, if it should ever enter the realm of where Kirsten can watch it, I'll watch it. I don't and have sci-fi. I don't have con TV. I don't. I, I got nothing. Yeah. So it's on sci-fi. So it's it's available to us all. I guess season two will be coming to sci-fi before long. It's good, not great. I thought it was going to be a little better, but I enjoyed what I watched. So con man. Let's do a little business, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are for the book club. We're still discussing Lord of Light by Roger Zelazny. We'll probably be choosing a new book here in about a week and a half. Now, because it is October, I will insist that the book for October will be horror. So only horror suggestions for next month. So keep that in mind as you're thinking of nominees. Other business, uh, next week, next Wednesday, the Scoop Fest is happening. There will be a Shock Monkey meetup at the Millennium Fandom Bar, 5 p.m. on the 20th. Yep. All right. Uh, Andy will definitely be there. And I double-check. They will be open at 5 p.m. I'm glad you double-checked. <laughs> um, see what the 20th is. That's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. My yeah, work schedule is a little scattered, so I can't promise I'll be there, but I'm going to try. And I don't want to meet you, so I won't be there. That's just the that's no, way. Just, Kay will very likely be, be there. I'll yeah. be working, guys. I, won't be, <clears> I can't prob- meet you. I'll probably be there. Uh, we've had no luck. We were trying to get $2 Ludmilla Sunrises mm-hmm. from Alex, the bartender, but he... Uh, he was going to lose his shirt on the hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And also, I don't usually do things like this where I request things from our listeners. Next week's my birthday. Ah. Uh-oh. And I, n- I never ask for things on my birthday, but this year I want something. So, so next Tuesday. This is what I this is what I want from you, Shock Monkeys. A, a who who is that's that's their Matt. mic. Is it Matt? Matt, <laughs> your gripping of the mic is making some real real farty noises. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and that's right. not what I want from right there. I'm banging mine. It's not, there's a noise. wow. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for everyone testing their mic for what yeah, noises I you can give me. <laughs> I know what's going on. I'm okay. watching Matt, and he's just like, and then that last that like, he just really. Yeah. Was, Man, that was that was some real boy pleasuring going on there. He's right? ringing out the mic. Yikes! <laughs> well, this is Jeff's mic, right? So, uh, <laughs> 80s Jeff. Oh yeah. He just grips his like iron and doesn't move. That's, that's, that's the Jeff way. And then there's a way he holds his mic. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> anyway, so for my birthday monkeys, I want one thing: shelf porn. Shelf porn? Shelf porn. That is a... You better specify. I'm gonna. You're gonna I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah gonna keep in mind who's out there. <laughs> Shelf porn is a, a term that book lovers use for pictures of pe- people's own bookshelves and what they have uh, on the shelf. I love bookshelf porn. That's so, Yeah. It's not actual well, porn, but you know. No, so you don't need stuff physical. You need photos. Yeah, I want photos. So on the Shock Monkey's Lair... Uh, and then you know what? I'll reciprocate. I'll take pictures of my bookshelves, and I will. I'll present them as as well. You'll yeah. reach around on the yeah, shelf. Yeah, I'll give porn. you a reach around on the shelf porn. Right. Thank you. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but I I love voyeuring people's bookshelves. So that's what I want for my birthday: shelf porn, not real porn. You sick assholes. What if it's a bookshelf full of porn? If that's what you got, by all means, especially you if you go, got like Andy, those those Andy's stroking, his, Andy's stroking his goatee right now. Mm. Uh, it's not all he's stroking. Mm. 
especially you got those, those novels yeah. you can only find at that store. You know, yeah, if that's what's on your shelf, then yeah, that that qualifies. So that's why I want for my birthday, monkeys. <laughs> All righty then. Anything else, gentlemen? That's cheap. I feel better now. Mm. Yeah, the pressure's off. <laughs> there it is. That's what I. Want. I was like, wow, what the hell am I going to do? And I'm still thinking of what to get Todd. I'll get him something. Well, you don't read books, so you got to get me something. I know. <laughs> I know, but I'm just I'm looking around. I'm like, what doesn't he have? And it's like, you have you know, everything. And you have stuff I want. I so to, maybe we can do like a trade. I don't know. <laughs> I think you're for bartering. You go, happy birthday. Would you trade this for, <laughs> yeah. for that? I think he wants an aging cat. I'm oh, sorry? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, is that what you have? Yes. An aging cat that you need yes. to get rid of? I got a black cat. Her name is Stumpy. She's uh, <laughs> 17. She's uh, a lovely cat. Kay's, she is, uh, actually. I bet she's Stumpy, a sweetheart. Stumpy is, is, a sweetheart. is a very affectionate. She, yeah, she, she lo- don't hide when people come over. Yeah. So, yeah. She loves yeah. new people. It's no, like, it's oh, awesome. a visitor. It's kind of cats I like. Right around your leg. It's a yeah. cat that wants nothing but love in a household where there's hate. There is no love. <laughs> yeah, <there's> no <laughs> it's starving. <laughs> it, it, it's so funny. We, we occasionally game over at Paulette and Madsen. They also have a nice little dog, Zoe. Oh. Uh, but poor Zoe. She's reached that age where walking's a little tough. And they've got those hardwood floors. <laughs> and oh. that poor thing just trying to come over to say hi. And she's just... You can just see her like slipping, All right, no, like no, Bambi no. on the ice. Yeah, okay. oh, well, no, 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 no. She isn't flying around. She's controlling it, but it's work. She's got to work on those hardwood Aww. floors. Just so you shock monkey. It's a seventeen-year-old pit bull. Yeah, she's wow. she's uh, she's a sweetheart too. So they're both actually great, and they both love each other too, which That's is lovely. even crazier. So I love. I one time. I came over with Matt, and we were setting <laughs> yes. up something. We were getting yeah. something. I forget what. Yeah. And before we left, Matt's like, all right, I got to do a, a, a dog check and a, a cat check. Where's the cat? Where's the cat? We spent 20 minutes looking around the, the house. Where is the hell is the black cat? I had actually looked in the fireplace twice, but it was the third time when I peeked down. All I saw in the abyssal black of the fireplace were these two glowing eyes. And I'm like, oh, that's right. And he's like, well, she likes to be there. Didn't see her before. But it was Hang so, out in the ash. Oh, my God. It was so dark in that in there. Gas All I saw oh, okay. were eyes. Maybe she wasn't there the first couple times. Maybe no, she was she playing was walking. There. She was there. I love it. Just... No, because the thing was closed. Oh. And it was just like you peek in there. All right, not there. It was funny. Glorious. I know a woman who has a couple of cats, and they actually go up inside the chimney. Oh my! <laughs> they, they camp out. That's the ch- a problem. Inside the chimney. Yikes! Ah, gentlemen, you know what? It was a surprising amount of news this week. There wasn't that much last week. This week is like all the news. Well, we'll get to two of them. So yeah, we'll hit one before <laughs> we got to do news you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Same time every night, Andy. No, it isn't. But yes, worthwhile. Is. But gloriously <laughs> worthwhile. All right, of course, uh, here, here's a follow-up on Disney's uh, subscription service. News you don't give a shit about. It's been a month since Disney announced the new direct-to-consumer subscription streaming app that will launch in 2019. Uh, the as-yet-unnamed app will feature Disney's entire film library, which contains hundreds of original films, uh, meaning those films will leave streaming competitors like Netflix and Hulu in favor of the new service. What wasn't clear 
at the time Disney made this announcement was how it would affect the blockbuster franchises produced by Disney-owned Lucasfilm and Marvel. Next, Netflix later announced that it was in active discussions with Disney to try to hang on to films like Rogue One and Doctor Strange. Now Disney has confirmed it. If you want to stream Lucasfilm or Marvel movies, you're going to have to get the app. Fuck you. Quote, the app will have the entire output of the studio, animation, live action at Disney, including Pixar, Star Wars, and all the Marvel films, unquote. Mm. From uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger, he said that Thursday. We tried to buy Netflix. They said no, so fuck them. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, this isn't a few original series and a handful of films from the last five years or so. This is 500 movies, 7,000 episodes of television, short films, and new original programming apparently on top of it. Iger announced the app is expected to launch in late 2019. will feature exclusive original content, including four or five new TV series and three to four films, adding incentive for subscribers. Finally, a chance to rewatch the computer wash tennis shoes. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's Kurt Russell. I know it is. Uh, Kurt Russ, talk about a studio-owned actor at the time. Right. My God. Well, wasn't wasn't his name supposedly Walt Disney's last words? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that's like the urban legend. Yeah. Wait, wait. Walt Disney on his deathbed, dying. Okay. His last words were Kurt Russell. That's the urban legend. I've never heard this. Yeah. 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 I got confirmation from fact check. Yeah, wow. I've heard the same thing. Well, they goddamn made good on it. He was yeah. in everything in the 70s, yeah, so yeah. early 80s. And they say everything? Bullshit. You don't think they're going to have everything available? You, you show me Song in the South on there, and I will be impressed. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a very, very good point. Uh, one thing Iger did not reveal, how much the service will cost in All the money. Each month. Uh, but he did promise we'll learn more in months ahead. Yeah. What, you got, calling what it now. you got in your pockets? Calling it now. Fifteen ninety nine. Probably. That sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds Probably. about right. Uh, for a lot of fans, this confirms their worst fears about the future of subscription streaming services. Uh, many consumers are already abandoning their cable and satellite packages in favor of a diet of streaming only. Uh, but the ongoing expansion of the streaming market is creating a tangled web of fees and payment structures that might end up being more expensive than yeah. the cable package. It's, it's mm. not an expansion. Yeah. It's a balkanization. There, yeah. And it's a growing bubble that might be reaching a bursting point in the coming years. I hope years. so. Yeah. I hope it collapses. Yeah. Not so much that it fucks over Netflix, because they're actually doing shit. I got a feeling Netflix will weather it. I don't think you're going to have people like, oh, I'm going to get rid of, Net rid of Netflix for the Disney service. I think you'll get those people that have both. I think some people that might have Netflix and Hulu might choose one over th over the other for right. maybe the service, but I think it'll be an additional service to one of those two, mm. because or Amazon Prime Sorry. or any of the other goddamn running streaming services that are out there. Yeah, I know the tens of thousands. The one percenters out there will have Amazon Prime, oh. Hulu, and Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't find one thing or another, so I assume the Netflix Marvel Universe will stay. That seems, oh yeah, that's that seems to be in seems place. Like to be the that was your original when you mentioned that the last time. Yeah, so I haven't seen anything that says that that's going away. The the Marvel movie and Star Wars really doesn't affect me because I'm always grabbing the Blu-rays when sure. they come out. So it it's, it's, affects, that doesn't affect many, I think, yeah. as far as the geeks go, because we're getting them Blu-rays. Mm -hmm. Speaking, I, of I, that, I will say, I might be curious enough to get like that free month to delve deep into the. 70s weird Disney errata that wow that the first syllable of that last word I was like what 
What did I? Okay. Now I missed something. Disney erotica. Wow. Well, they're going to have to try real hard to get my business. Air pirates. Now, an Andy bit here. That's exactly. I forgot. What? I started watching the Defenders. You almost watched it? Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I got halfway through this first episode. I'm like, too much Iron Fist. Fuck this. Wow. Wow. I think I'm in the third episode of Defenders. You know, I have to go Oh, back. did you get through Iron Fist? Yeah. Are you kidding me? We talked about this last week. Yeah, you hate it all over Iron Fist. No, you had one more episode to watch. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, I finished it, and the last episode didn't ruin it. Okay, um, good enough. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Andy's all right. But yeah, I, ain't I, nobody I, worry about me. I liked Iron Fist. I thought it was yeah, entertaining yeah, yeah. and fun. Well, I think you know, I think the Marvel series set such a high bar that exactly know, right there. So, <laughs> I I I think it was the weakest of the bunch, but easy there, uh, Hansy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It, it sounds like you're got a balloon in your hand. You're just trying to kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Just giving okay. it a squeak. Giving okay. it a. Given that you'll float too every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, yeah. Anyway, so what's the original? I'll, point? I'll watch. I'll I will watch it. But I mean, I just I was like, uh, fucking done. Don't worry. I mean, I mean, I've uh, you know I've gotten to see all you know the, the the ones that you know the the parent traps, the escape to witch mountains. Yeah. You know, but uh, but I want to see the weird stuff. You know, cat from outer space. I want to see the bad oh. Herbie sequels. You know, that's. I, I miss Cat, from, Cat outer from Outer Space and uh, and Dr. Sin. Somebody posted a picture while back. Thanks for that. But it was really cool. Yeah, Disney went through a really weird period in the 70s where they were making really bizarre movies. Yeah. Black Hole. I never actually got to see Black Hole. I liked Black Hole. I, li- I saw that as a kid. They showed it to us, I think, in the third grade. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, you got that one movie... Uh, that all the kids got to see like once a year. Like one year it was Candle Shoe, and the next year it was Benji. <laughs> one year it was Black Hole, and that was, I think, traumatizing to some. Wow. Mm. Bit scary. But I, I liked it. Benji. Oh, my. And I still think Maximilian is a fantastic design for a robot. Yeah. I, I would I would take some Maximilian I feel like I've mentioned this before. Stuff there was on the There was a Disney movie called Lobo. Yes, and it was, you have. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. I was just I'll just stop off. you right there. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you saving me and the audience. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing it for that kind of deep dive. Yeah. But I think I'd be done with that deep dive in a month. You want to watch all that Davy Crockett? I want to get in some Davy Crockett for, yeah. Fest Love you some fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. News you don't give a shit about. Uh, Universal Studios Orlando is shutting down the Terminator 2 3D experience. October 8th will be your last chance to enjoy this attraction. Not really a ride, more of a 3D movie with light and motion effects. The 12-minute film was shot by franchise originator James Cameron and brought back the original cast of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Robert Patrick, and Edward Furlong. The entire attraction cost $60 million to build, $24 million of that going toward just the film. The attraction first opened at Universal Studios Orlando in 96 and at the Universal Studios Hollywood in 99. And the Hollywood version closed at the end of 2012 and was turned into the Minions ride and play area. So, yeah, it's, it's, I, it is a ride that is showing its, its age. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. And it's from an era that's pretty much gone. The, the Terminator era is beyond us now. Yeah. 
So, but at the time, it was a hell of a thing. We're living in a post-Terminator uh, and post-Truth universe? As much as they're trying, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, the um, uh, opening of Star Trek The Experience, a lot of the people we worked with, uh, Landmark had worked on uh, Terminator, <clears throat> the Terminator 3D. So it was interesting listening to them talk to about it. It was really funny, too, because we're like, watching the shuttles go through their paces and one guy was like yeah they take a, that takes a while for the ride to shake out and, and can settle in uh terminator 3d really wasn't uh, ready for like two years mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we're just like oh boy that's gonna be a fun two years yeah so but it it's it's true it like they need thousands of cycles for the whole thing to just finally find its synergy and for everything to to run it's really weird Hmm. interesting you would think technology boom it's right off and no it was exciting especially at the time because terminator 2 to us growing up was not only an amazing movie but the end of the franchise terminator 3 came way later yeah right and so this was the actual sequel to terminator 2 Mm -hmm. had all the same actors and of course it had live action elements within the theater itself and it was really good in 3D at a time when there wasn't good 3D. So you've so. seen it? Oh, yeah. I've been through that attraction many times. Okay. And enjoy it. And sad to see it go, but I get it. Mm-hmm. I certainly get it. Did it spit on you like the uh, Star Trek ride did? No, it did not. Okay. I don't remember. No, that's honey. Me. I spilt the milk or yes. whatever. The, whichever that's one. your own 3D ride. That's Andy 3D. That's, that's Andy every day. Like, oh, I'm wet again. Shit. Yeah, if there's if there's ever a Geek Shock ride, there's going to be a splash on <laughs> <laughs> every time Andy What's... shows up, <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that cinema uh, when we went to Galaxy Quest. All to get, Galaxy Quest. When we yeah. went to Galaxy Quest. Yeah, Scorny Weaver and uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> by Grabthor's Galaxy hammer. Galaxy Luxury Theaters, oh, where you can buy a beer and bring it into theater and, and spill, spill it on it Matt. On Matt. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, the eyes that Matt's giving Andy. That was great. Dead quiet. Really, Andy? Really? Oh, my. And I'm laughing because I'm thinking that he's fucking around and joking. And no, he was serious. Yeah. <laughs> and then the cherry on top is Paulette, just relax. Yeah. Paulette telling Matt, just relax. Oh, uh, man. Probably was answered the first time the story was told, but how much of the beer was spilled? Not much. See, there you go. Not much. Just, just enough just to let you. Just en- enough to get him. That's how, Just to let you know. Just enough to let me know Andy's there. Yeah. That's yeah. how Andy tells you he loves you. And it's yeah. just great. Oh. Andy just comes in and he comes in late and he sets his cup down. He isn't even sitting. Plop. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> in fact, I thought he was fucked with me too because I. <laughs> he didn't. Feel it wasn't anything. like I knocked it or anything. It's like I just put it down in the cup holder and it swapped. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's its fault. It's not Andy's fault. Yeah. No, I, 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 curly, I did it. I didn't realize I'd done it. <laughs> Never fill Andy's cup too full. I know you want to. You know it's... it's That's right. My, just my just cu- as a public service. No matter how much you put in it, my cup always runs over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Gavin O'Connor has been tapped to write and direct the Suicide Squad sequel. Yeah. Yep, which... Uh, uh, Jamie Colette Sarah recently dropped out of the running for in favor of Disney's Jungle Cruise, and which suicide director David Ayers vacated before that in order to helm Gotham City Sirens. Along the way, Mel Gibson, Ruben uh, Fleischer, Jonathan Levine were all rumored to be on the shortlist. You're going to put that I, mic down. I, I didn't 
grab it really. I just move my finger. It's, it's, dude, it's just I the, can hear the mic more than I can hear you dude, right now. Dude, just moving your hand up and down the It's like what do you have like spider hands and they're sticking to the mic or something? Are you no, are, I'm just moving my hands? I'm <laughs> relax, continue the story. Just Sp- relax. Spider hands. Spider hands. Gavin O'Connor is not known as a genre guy, but O'Connor has experience with Ben Affleck in another hit for Warner Brothers, The Accountant. O'Connor is still currently attached to direct that film's sequel as well. He previously directed Warrior, which he also wrote, Miracle, and Pride and Glory, among other film and TV shows. Although scheduling conflicts may be an issue, Suicide Squad 2 is expected to return many of the main players from the original, including Jared Leto as the Joker, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, and Will Smith as Deadshot. So, Mm. a new writer-director on Suicide Squad 2, which everyone's really excited for. Yeah, I enjoyed Suicide Squad, the original. I I enjoyed it too, but I'm not exactly clamoring for a sequel. I I enjoyed it enough that I'm not... But I don't know if I enjoyed it so much that I'm like, I can't wait for more of this. Part of the fun of the book Suicide Squad is that you could swap characters in and out. It was always like a different pack of villains being forced to do a mission. Sure, but I don't think the movies think of that nope, way. they yeah. don't. Nope, and definitely we, not. We know who Suicide Squad is. There's at least two of those actors going to mm-hmm. be a part of it. I'd like a, I'd like a, a Leto, Robbie, Affleck, Batman, Joker, Harley movie. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah, I'd, or even even because an, that's kind of the actual trifecta. Yeah, or an uh, you know what? I mean, he's still got enough enough of his screen charisma that I I could be I could find a a, a dead shot Batman movie interesting. Okay, Seeing Will Smith and Ben Affleck together in something. I do like me some dead shot. So yeah, I agree with you on that. You one. know, yeah. I saw the preview for uh, the Justice League movie. Okay. And I, I didn't hate it. All right. The, the preview made me like, ah, that could be fun. It could actually be. <laughs> I don't think that's the reaction they're looking for. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, I mean, because I go in heavy baggage on that. I have not been fond of any of those except for Wonder Woman. And the Justice League preview made me go, yeah, there's going to be some fun in this. That's going to be. It know, does look a lot yeah. more fun than. Yeah. I think earlier. Aquaman will save it. Okay. Sure. Interestingly <laughs> enough, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause because that seems to be the the Han Solo character of this, if you will. I like yeah. I like Momo. I do too. So yeah. I, I definitely the, the the bit where they're all on the rooftop talking to Gordon and he turns around and they all disappear except for Flash yeah. and that that caught me right in the chuckles. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, work yeah. it through, Todd. <laughs> just just think it through. Yeah, yeah I don't want to think anymore. <laughs> Catch me in the chuckles, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh Andy. Oh Yeah. And 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 of course the, the part of me that really wonders what parts are rewrites and what part isn't sure. what's what's Joss Whedon, what is not, Yeah, you know. That yeah. that's gonna be running through my mind the entire movie. Yeah, you're gonna have a hard time enjoying the movie because you're gonna be cutting it up, but you're gonna be dissecting it as you watch it. Yeah. And, and nothing dissected lives. Save that cat, Todd. Save that cat. And then nothing you'll know what the- it's like to watch a movie as eighties Jeff. <laughs> what's the first what's the first uh, act second act and then third act and yeah, you're you're not wrong you're not wrong uh, friend of mine on facebook that's, 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 a, that's a fine warning i appreciate that actually mm-hmm. friend of mine on facebook pointed out that complaining about people using save the cat is like complaining about musicians using notes 
Eh, I guess if the musician is writing current pop music, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, YouTube uh, Dave Grohl and how to write a pop song, and he totally lays it out for you, and it's awesome because he quite fucking literally sits there with this interviewer and he writes a pop song right there and demonstrates how you do it. Mm-hmm. That's there's a that formula to it. It doesn't take a lot of radio listening to get the formula. News you don't give a shit about. Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, was the first female comic book character to have her own title when Fiction House started publishing the book in 1937. And now it looks like Sheena is getting a reboot. Millennium Films just announced that it will be rebooting the Sheena franchise. This isn't the first time that Sheena has been brought to life on the screen. Uh, Irish McCalla played Sheena in ni- a 1955 television series. Right. Uh, Tanya Roberts started I remember. In- no, I don't. That you remember, you know, you remember. Like I was, a, I was a, a, a young man in college at that time. Yeah. He knew the cave woman that inspired the character of Sheena. <laughs> Tanya Roberts starred in a 1984 film titled Sheena, and a 2000 TV adaptation starred Gina Lee Nolan. Uh, back in May, I'd she- almost forgotten about that God one. That existed. Dang! Holy shit! Yeah. yeah. Uh, back in May, Sheena got a Dynamite Comics reboot. Uh, the story follows Sheena, an orphan who is raised by a jungle witch doctor and is able to communicate with wild animals. Sheena eventually meets a hunter who becomes her mate and is in constant need of saving. That's kind of... Wait a minute, wait, what? Mate? Mates, yes. Mate. We're talking the old school stuff. Okay. No, no, no. Like the British mate. They're good yeah. friends. Uh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's yeah. my <laughs> mate. It's my China. Um, it, it, uh, always needing saving. What the... What a shitty upbringing the witch doctor. You were raised by a witch doctor. Yeah. Why do you need saving? You can talk to the animals. The terribly inefficient witch doctor. Dr. Doolittle didn't need saving. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure this reboot was not going to have that aspect of Sheena. I hope not. Uh, but uh, I don't know. If, if there's no market for Tarzan, is there a market for Sheena? Well, mm-hmm. no. Tarzan doesn't have boobs. There, there, is that, there is that. But at the same time, I'm not sure that makes that character all that... Much more interesting. Yeah, I, 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 can find, I can find boobs <laughs> easier than that. Yeah. So. I'm looking at three boobs right now. <laughs> <laughs> cut that thing off too soon. <clears throat> hey, what? What? You cut it? What? <laughs> <laughs> Weekend Geek! <laughs> right in the chuckles. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Work the chuckles, baby. Work the chuckles. <laughs> Work the chuckles? <laughs> Cradle them like it's a little bird. Lucasfilm has tapped J.J. Abrams to return to the Star Wars franchise and take over Episode Nine mm. due to the departure of Colin Trevorrow. This kid's got possibilities. I, I think this will work. I think, yeah. Did they shoot anything originally like with, with the other... Um... I think Trevorrow's just been in uh, pre-production this time. Okay. I think they shot the director. Yeah, pretty much. That's what, <laughs> oh. it, sounds, that's what it sounds like. It's and Han like, shot first. I mean, it's he. You know, the statement is he left. It was parting of ways, <laughs> but it's sounding more like Trevor was fired. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Trevor has a uh, a reputation for having a high ego and and having kind of a my way or the highway kind of. Uh, what's he known attitude? for though? Like, what's his big movies? Jurassic World. That's it. That Jurassic World is his big hit. I can't say prior to. What are you watching? I'm hearing stuff. That's your phone. Oh, yeah. that's what I'm hearing. Oh, my God. <laughs> you had it in your hand, and it was in front of your face. And you were like, I'm hearing Oh, did you know it? What oh, the hell? <laughs> Dude. 
it's like got moving pictures on it and shit, and you're like all confused. <laughs> I'm hearing stuff. Is that the show? Are we hearing background of earlier shows? What the hell? <laughs> we need an Andean technology like segment. Man, God. Hearing <laughs> stuff. Bits and bites with Andy Taylor. Good God. Oh, yeah. It is my nemesis. <laughs> I'm hearing things. <laughs> It's a jeweled skull. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't want to be the leader. But oh. yeah, Trevorrow apparently had that, that real. Uh, so he's known for Jurassic World, and that's it. Jurassic World made a lot of money. Uh, but I'm sure he has other things under. Maybe he doesn't have other things like, under his jacket. Oh, but. Jurassic World, an already established franchise. I'm the man. But there's, Listen to me. But there sounds hey. like there's some headbuttings, and then you know okay. who's going to go in that one. Uh, Abrams revitalized the franchise by oh, helming... Like, you don't have any metachlorians. You're out. <laughs> We're all out on that one. Abrams revitalized the franchise by helming The Force Awakens in 2015. The studio confirmed Abrams will serve as writer and director for Star Wars Episode Nine. so it seems Lucasfilm is confident he'll be able to crack the script problems that plagued previous drafts of the project. He had a similar role in The Force Awakens. The release date for Star Wars Episode Nine will be... Get this, moved forward December 20th, 2019, meaning that, yes, we finally keeping Star Wars in December. Yay. Right. I think it's a great idea. It is a great idea. Although, the, I'll spell out kind of why it's a little more troublesome. The initial announcement of a new tr- sequel trilogy of Star Wars films had this reportedly in May 2019. Uh, the still untitled Han Solo film will be released May 2018. So, this December release date gives Abrams and company more time to prepare, make the film they want, and hopefully ensuring it'll be a successful third chapter at the end of the trilogy. It's rumored this may even be the end of the Skywalker saga, uh, the episode title films anyway, as a whole. But it makes sense to give the movie an extra seven months for development. Cool. Now, this puts Disney in stiffer competition than they would have been in May, which is oh, probably why. Uh, December 20th is just one week after the much-anticipated Wonder Woman 2. Uh, two days after Sony's Masters of the Universe reboot. Mm. Uh, putting a lot of genre franchise entertainment within one eight-day span. Mm. And Disney also has Frozen 2 coming out three weeks earlier on November 27th. Uh, but Disney actually prefers to have every three weeks release schedule for both the start of summer and the holiday season. So that fits along. Uh, they also have a live-action fairy tale slots held open for November 8th, 2019. Uh, this would also leave Disney without a new film in theaters from Avengers' fourth release on May 3rd until Sto- Toy Story 4, seven weeks later, in June 21st. So they're they're skipping out that every three weeks thing. Wow. Hmm. All right. So they'll they'll fill that <laughs> slot. Yeah, they're so so. Trevor O's credits. <clears throat> yes. Home base a short. Reality show, don't bring up 2004, Gary Under Crisis, a TV movie, Safety Not Guaranteed. Uh, that one uh, that one I know. That one's actually a pretty clever little time travel movie. Right. Jurassic World and The Book of Henry, which... I don't remember Book of Henry. It's this it's year. coming out. Oh, okay. It hasn't come out yet. That's why I don't remember it, I guess. He's made people money? 
it's, it, well, seems, not- it seems like Disney decided to hire all these up-and-coming directors that have proven themselves, that have uh, their own vision, and then decided, oh, wait, we don't want directors with their own vision. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's almost... Uh, well, it almost mirrors what happened with the first trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. You had yeah. Lucas on that first one. He lost control on the second one. And so on the third one, he pulled all that control back. Here's those it numbers we were talking earlier. Andres Muschietti's it ended up pulling in $123.1 million, making it the biggest opening ever for a horror movie. A uh, long list of other records the film's broken as well. It, also the largest three-day opening weekend for an R-rated film. Uh, the third largest opening of 2017, uh, the largest opening for a September movie, the largest IMAX opening weekend for a movie in September, and horror movie, of course, uh, the largest number of locations for an R-rated movie, and it's the largest opening ever for New Line Cinema. That's a lot of stuff. Largest opening ever for New Line Cinema. Lou, uh, okay. Andy, I'm used to that. I'm used Damn to that. it. New Line Cinema, New Line Cinema. New Line Cinema. These are the people who made the Lord of the Rings movies, right? Yeah. Wow. How you like that? Mm. Wow. That's pedigree. But the, the third largest opening in 2017, that's not surprising. Because this this year, what, yeah, like Wonder Woman, Thor Ragnarok hasn't come out yet. That's that true. I, this that is I, so far. But know. Guardians 2. But when does Guardians a two. horror movie, or even a rated R movie, yeah. ever reach the top five? Deadpool. Deadpool. Okay, I'll give you that. And then uh, horror, even though I don't really think it's horror, but paranormal activity when those were coming out, they were coming out, but they were making fifth. They were making eighty million, which is great for their budget. Yeah, but saying this isn't this high, and this is what a thirty-five million dollar movie adjusted for money. Alien uh, came close to those numbers. The original Alien, yeah. Blair Witch, the original one, that was pretty strong. That was but smash, Blair, Blair like, Witch. I think well, you I know think what? Blair Witch broke a hundred, but it was lifetime. It was not yeah. in its. It, they're talking opening weekend, which yeah. I mean, Jesus, th- th- this movie is going to have legs. Yeah, so you know what? It's going to do very well. I take that back. The movies were different then. Alien was something they built over the summer. It wasn't a big sure, and that was back when they were you know staggering openings across varying theaters. Nothing, right, everything well, didn't <clears> come out at once. Yep. And, and there were less theaters to open up to. Yeah, Andy. And, and movies, if they did well, were held for sometimes a year or more. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. I remember that. Yep. Back in the days when Superman was like the number one movie for 20 some odd weeks or something. Sure. I mean, it was it was something stupid. <laughs> I think when Raiders came out, they that movie was available for like a year and a half. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Ah, the uh, good old days. When it comes to international market, it earned an extra $62 million from 10,665 screens in 46 markets, which is the biggest opening ever for a horror film. Uh, the worldwide box office total is currently $185.1 million for a budget of $35 million for the film. Pretty good. That's amazing for a horror movie. Horror, that, that's why horror movies never go away. And never will. Yeah, you hear people argument that horror is over, blah, 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 blah. But horror movies cost under $30 million for the most part. Most horror movies cost 5 to $10 million and easily make that money back in the theater. Even if they do poorly, you get $10 million, you get $10 million back. You spend $5, five million on a movie, you're good. Which is surprising there's not more horror movies out since it is a safe bet. You think Hollywood would be all over that? They... Are but it's yeah it's it's not big returns either, 
So usually when a horror movie comes out, you know, it costs you know, five to ten million, that movie will make, you know, ten to fifteen. So that's what usually does, unless it really has legs as a paranormal activity or Blair Witch or an it, if you will. Right. Well, good for Stephen King. I mean, after Dark Tower. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Know. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not doing that for a cheap laugh. It's no, like, and, and there's yeah, news no. coming later that, you know, this is opening up the floodgates from Stephen King movies again. Yeah. That that's people are setting on there. They have options or they're picking up options that you're going to see a slew of bad Stephen King movies well, I, coming to the theater. I didn't even realize Gerald, uh, Gerald's game was being made into a movie until I saw the preview for it. Uh, Net, yeah, Netflix brought that up, and you would remember that when we talked about it a couple of months back. Did we mentioned yeah. drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked about Gerald's game. Yeah, Andy, you got to stop doing drugs before yeah, the show. Yeah, I do. That's okay. We, I've been doing thinner. We talk about so much, it's easy to, to lose track. Yeah. But a lot of Stephen King's already in the set for being made. There's already a pet cemetery in the works. I remember and talking that, about that. Yeah, I remember, yeah. yeah so, yeah. and of course, the the Hulu market has the TV stuff wrapped up. So they they must have an exclusive contract for a lot of Steve King Steve King stuff because Mr. Mercedes just started there not too long ago. Is that where the Mist is? Uh, no, Hulu? the right. Mist is current. I think is that uh, cable. I think that's actually available on Netflix for it's at least the first season. Is if it? not, it is coming soon. Hmm. Um, and I highly recommend you skip it. Oh, wow. The Mist is a terrible TV show. Wow. Bam. I, I, I stopped after the third. After I saw the third episode, I erased everything. Oh, that reminds me. The time travel thing, the, the naked in the elevator thing I mentioned. Big, <laughs> big watching. Now, said, this, was, this was between us. Let's get this off the yeah. microphone. <laughs> Okay, what's the? Uh, I, I mentioned I saw on Netflix there was a time travel thing about a guy trapped in an elevator called Naked. Okay, uh, Biggs saw it and it's terrible. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Do not watch. Good warnings. Run. Yeah, these are the warnings I like too. I like to know what's good and I like to know what's bad. So yeah, it's uh, going to be kind of a. It might be a game changer for this sort of thing. A Gerald's game changer. Now uh, you, you, <laughs> you like. You just low pitched that in. Sure. Like, of course he it sort of lobbed it in. <laughs> he <laughs> carried it. He carried it up to the batter, and the batter hit him in the head. <laughs> and Soaked so, by fingers. It was awful. I, I hope this means that more horror authors out there get some more options picked there up. There you so, go. So, horror authors. Dean you know, Koontz. Yeah. You know, it's weird how many Dean Koontz movies there aren't. That is really bizarre. Dean Koontz, a huge, still a, yeah. a great seller. But very few of his movies got picked up. And let's face it, the movies that were made from Dean Koontz's books have not been great. Watchers right. is probably the, the high point. And Watchers isn't great. Mm. I still haven't seen Odd Thomas yet, but maybe that was picked up for Netflix. But yeah, you don't see Koontz movies optioned. Or at least made good on an option. Maybe they're all optioned out and people are sitting on it. Hmm. Maybe this will change that. Bum, All right, bum, cool. Let's bum. get your people on it. That's right. King's making it. Let's do Dean Koontz. Yeah. You remember Koontz, right? You read Koontz in the 80, 84, 85. Yeah. And then get some of uh, Brian Lumley's... Uh, mm, necroscope. Yeah, yeah. And get some Robert McCammon mm. in there. Yeah, and let's... then maybe finally someone will convince Guillermo to do a fucking Lovecraft movie. I would be appreciate that. God damn it, so Guillermo. Just, How just about some authors' names are going to K-M-R-L. We're just going through the alphabet that way. Yeah. Okay. 
Brian Keene needs some movie action. I'm just saying. I'm hearing stuff. Sounded like a phone fell yeah. on the floor. Sounded like a, probably Andy's phone is my guess. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a King book. Andy's phone. Andy's phone. Andy's phone. <clears throat> Patty Jenkins will be back to direct Wonder Woman 2. We know that's not a surprise, but this now official. Jenkins will co-write, direct, and produce DC's Wonder Woman sequel. Good. It apparently took so long for an official announcement because the negotiation process was, quote, challenging. Uh, Though Warner Brothers knew they needed to keep Jenkins in the fold, so they finally landed on a deal to pay her $7.9 million plus a portion of the back-end profits, assuming the film makes a ton of cash. That's a... Someone's about to be... More rich. Uh, for the sake of con- uh, comparison, Jenkins was paid $1 million for her work for the first Wonder Woman. The deal easily makes her one of the highest paid female directors in history and puts her on the level of talent like Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon. The first Wonder Woman film banked $800 million in the global box office. Yeah. Uh, by locking Jenkins in to write and produce as well, it seems she'll continue to have the good bit of creative control over the character's direction. Wonder Woman 2 is again set up for December 13th, 2019. And then the next week you get Star Wars. Hmm. What a week. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, this, okay. We had three very important geek people pass this week. Oh, boy. So I'm going to, instead of, I usually just group them all together. This one I, I got to do individually. Of course, the big one, uh, comic book legend Len Wein yep. passed away this week. Co-creator and writer of iconic characters like Wolverine and Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. In addition to Wolverine, he also created X-Men characters Storm, Colossus, and Nightcrawler when Marvel revitalized its superhero series in 75 with giant size X-Men number one. Also created many other notable characters, including Suicide Squad's Amanda Waller and Batman's Lucius Fox. He was also the editor at DC Comics during the 1980s and shepherded a number of well-known projects there, including Alan Moore's and Dave Gibbons' 12-part miniseries Watchmen. Ween remained a seminal figure in comics throughout his life and continued to write in the industry. Uh, Len Ween was 69 years old. I keep forgetting Watchmen's that old. Or, well, in the 80s. I, no? I, I, I still remember when the single issues came out. Yep, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I was overseas. I came back, and this was before trades. So the oh, comic yeah. stores would have them all bagged and bundled, yeah, bundled together. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, what the hell is this? And then I'd read it, and you know, I was still in that Marvel house-style mm-hmm. frame of mind. So I'm like, God, this shit's really static, and I'm not sure. And then I worked at a comic book store, and I finally sat down and read it, and I was like, holy fucking shit. Now, yep. that's how you get a goddamn comics education. Yeah. You, you, as a comics book, comic book fan, uh, intern yourself at your local comic book store and uh-huh. get a proper ed. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the best way. Uh, the next one, this one close to my heart, Disney Imagineer, animator, writer, lyricist, and voice actor Xavier Atencio, dead at age 98, so... 98. He's good life. Proper, yeah. Good life. Uh, you might not know his name or his initial because Atencio is known as X, X Atencio. Uh, but you know his work. He helped animate the classics Pinocchio and Fantasia, as well as animated sequences in The Parrot Trap, Babes in Toyland, and Mary Poppins. Atencio transitioned to the Imagineering department 
where he wrote the script for the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Wow. And the Haunted Mansion attractions at ah, Disney Parks. The big two. Yeah. He also contributed writing to Space Mountain, Spaceship Earth, World of Motion, and the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot. Atencio wrote the lyrics to the tunes Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me, mm. and Grim Grinning Ghosts, also known as the Screaming Song from back then. Uh, you can hear him play a talking skull in Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. So the one that lets you know there's squalls ahead, that's his voice. And a voice in the coffin at the Haunted Mansion. So he will always be a part of those tractions. Wow. So I did not know the name, but very cool stuff. So think of him the next time you ride those rides and you hear those voices. Yeah. He contributed, in my opinion, just about everything important to Disney. Mm. And their way forward. Awesome. To the theme parks. Yes. Yeah. Which, to me, is Disney. Gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Andy. <laughs> yeah. What? What do I do now? <laughs> and, of course, for science fiction fans, uh, Jerry Pornell. Uh, titan of science fiction, died at the age of 84. According to an announcement by the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America, Pornell died on Friday. Cause of death not disclosed. Uh, Pornell had attended Dragon Con a week earlier. In fact, one of the uh, shock monkeys... Uh, wrote me up on Twitter saying that he saw him there. Oh wow! Uh, during that time, and afterwards wrote on his blog of battling a cold and flu. Oh, so, Concrud may have been a part of it. Wow! Uh, Pornell wrote both hard science fiction and military science fiction. Best known as the co-author, along with Ner- Larry Niven, with such novels as *The Moat in God's Eye*, *Inferno*, *Lucifer's Hammer*, *Oath of Fealty*, and *The Gripping Hand*. Although it was 1974's novel, A Moat in God's Eye, that grafted itself into the zeitgeist of science fiction, his work Fallen Angels, co-written by Niven and Michael Flynn, about rescuing crashed astronauts, has become a fan favorite, with its protagonist ultimately being saved by fandom, apparently. Uh, Pornell was also widely touted as having published the first book written on a computer. The computer, purchased in 1977, cost $12,000, and the national average wage that year, a mere $9,779. When he wasn't writing science fiction, Pornell wrote about technology. First for Byte magazine, then Byte.com. He co-founded and contributed to a new domain, a blog about technology, science, and politics. So Jerry Pornell. So, yes, a, a, a poured out drink for the three homies there. Right. That's three grand wizards. So let's get some good news in. Yeah, please. Uh, Drew Goddard, the name that keeps popping up in this show with great joy. This is the man behind Cabin in the Woods. Okay. Uh, Also the showrunner for the first season of Daredevil. Drew Goddard is going to write and direct the long-rumored X-Force movie. Whoa. Hmm. Which will star Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool and Josh Brolin as Cable. Reynolds, Lauren Schuler Donner, and Simon Kinsberg are the producers on the film, with the latter two being involved in all of Fox's X-Men properties uh, since the beginning. Goddard is directing a movie called Bad Times at the El Royale at the moment, but he's reportedly got the script for X-Force ready, in shape, and can be ready to work as soon as that current gig is done. Holy crap. Right? X-Force, a more aggressive and military-style black ops offshoot of the X-Men, first appeared in Marvel Comics for April 1991. Uh, issue of New Mutants as Cable with their leader. Uh, I remember when that X-Force number one came out and all the that wraparound cover art. Yeah. Boy, that's that's a comic that everyone bought and is now worth nothing because of it. That's Millions of those were made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it was so funny i worked at i worked at a comic shop twice and the first run i'd actually finished and was leaving and my last day was days before that release oh wow and i had to bring some stuff back to the comic shop the morning of comics day um, before they open and turn in my key and stuff and i saw the x-force lined up on the wall and everything set up and that was like my <clears throat> a marker for me for leaving the job the first time sure that would it was funny and it was and yeah it was crazy 91 two years to go before the big bubble pop but it was coming it was coming because that, that was a piece of it right there that people was, were collector crazy death a, of superman and all of that well that was a new x-men title or x-men related title yeah and a number one mm-hmm. oh everyone grabbed mm-hmm. it. multiple covers and i left comics working comics shops just at the beginning of that kind of mania i, I left not long after the uh legends of the dark knight that had the, the one of the first ones i remember with multiple covers mm, yeah yeah yep a movie has been in development slate at fox for a while with both uh, jeff wadlow from kick-ass 2 and joe canahan from the gray recruited to write a script at one point the project was never officially underway until now, but with Cable and fellow X-Force member Domino making their debuts in next year's De- Deadpool 2, which Goddard also had a hand in writing, it was only a matter of time before the X-Force movie got put on the fast track. Uh, not clear at this point which members of the team will join the big three in the movie, but so many mutants, including folks like Cyclops and Wolverine, have been on or off the roster throughout the decades. Uh, as for Goddard, uh, Hollywood has been trying to hand him a superhero franchise for the past few years. Most recently, he developed Deadpool for Netflix slash Marvel, but dropped off the Which project. What? what? Deadpool? Oh, okay. De- Daredevil. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I said Deadpool, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he developed Daredevil for Netflix slash Marvel, but dropped off the project when Sobany offered him a chance to write and direct The Sinister Six. Which went away when Amazing Spider-Man film series collapsed. Mm. Uh, His only previous directing credit is The Cabin in the Woods, which he co-wrote with Joss Whedon. But his writing credentials include The Martian, Cloverfield, World War Z, and multiple episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Lost Angel, and others. Uh, No word on an X-Force release date, but with New Mutants... Deadpool 2 and X-Men Dark Phoenix all due out in 2018. I'd say 2019 is the probability. that's crazy. Well, I got no problem with the I got no problem with the directing on Cabin in the Woods. So Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with a one time director on this. And no, not uh, I mean, until he does wrong in my eyes, Mm -hmm. Drew Goddard Goddard can do no wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie's a huge gem. Came out of nowhere. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, Mm -hmm. glorious. One of my favorite horror movies of all time. It's so much so I almost can't even classify it as a horror movie. Yeah. That's hard to classify. A little now. meta. It's it, <laughs> it owes it owes everything to horror movies, mm-hmm. but in itself, I'm not sure I can call it a horror movie. You can mm. you can de- you can definitely feel uh, the Joss Whedon hand in it, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I it's funny because I know what you're saying, but I like to include it in the canon. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. And it's it's like that would be a movie that you know every October I would go back to. I would equate it in tone to Nightmare on Elm Street 3, where it's more of a uh, clever action adventure Mm -hmm. with a horror tone to it. Yeah, true. Okay, true. That being Dream Warriors, right? Dream Warriors. Okay. And still my favorite. Since It has done so well. What has? 
the movie. Oh, adaptation. you. <laughs> you. Can, we can expect more Stephen King adaptations, as we said before. The first announcement is Suffer the Little Children, a fairly obscure King short story being adapted by writer-director Sean Carter. Uh, the filmmaker just finished his first feature, a horror entry called Keep Watching. Uh, Scream Gems is set to release that one, although it doesn't have an arrival date just yet. With Keep Watching behind him, here's what Carter has to say about his next project. Quote, The Stephen King aesthetic has been imprinted into my psyche since I was a teenager, and Suffer the Little Children fits right into that classic King paradigm, a tragically flawed lead character put in a shockingly unimaginable scenario. It's a tiny peek into a mythology that I can't wait to expand into a full-length movie, unquote. Uh, written in 1972, when the author was still unknown and struggling to pay the bills, Suffer the Little Children was first published in men's magazine Cavalier. Cavalier! And later included in King's 1993 collection Nightmares and Dreamscapes. It was supposed to be in his first collection, 78's Night Shift, but was nixed by King's then-editor at the time. Uh, the tale follows a third-grade school teacher who begins noticing odd behavior among her students when one of them with one of them telling her the children in the class have all been replaced by doppelgangers. Is this really happening or all figment of the teacher's increasingly paranoid mind? King leaves that ambiguous, but the ending packs a hell of a wallop. Suffer the Little Children was adapted once before as a short film through King's Dollar Baby Initiative, in which he allowed aspiring filmmakers to adapt one of his short stories for, an, for a dollar. Uh, one of the producers of Suffer the Little Children, Craig Flores, is also working on an adaptation of the King novel Rose Matter. Uh, with it doing unprecedented blockbuster business, you can expect to see a lot of producers, studios snapping this stuff up. I can hardly wait to see Mangler, the movie. <laughs> you think Mangler's going to get another chance? No. No? You, don't th you don't th know. think they have everything they've had to say? Here's the thing. <laughs> Stephen King short stories have not made great movies thus far. They're uh, great they're great short stories. They're they? fantastic on their own, but yeah. the thing is they they work as short stories. They will work as shorts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But to yeah. expand them out into movies, yeah. probably the most successful one uh, as far as being done decently is that very first Children of the Corn and even that one's not stellar. Yeah. It's difficult yeah. because he he writes the classic short story where a lot of people have the opinion that you need to you need to keep it small yeah and keep it grounded and so the the inflation for movie because movies have got to be epic sure and um it, it yeah it very rarely works i think the greatest misfire is probably lawnmower man oh yeah that was if you read the book for lawnmower man the, the short story i think it's in uh his first collection it's in night shift, night shift yeah uh wow that's yeah how they turn that into a vr movie i have no idea yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, you you could almost do your own you could almost make a twilight zone sure and and they did at one point they made a nightmares and dreamscapes uh tv series which was stephen king short stories it okay. was mostly based in that uh short story collection okay uh, i have it on dvd if you want to borrow it Ooh, yeah. fun but uh, so, yeah, good luck. Uh, I, this story is a really good one. Probably one of the most powerful from that story collection. And the ending is, yes. Uh, a punch. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you can expand this into a full length. But good luck. Mm. You're, you'll, you might be the first out the gate post it. So mm. hurry. 
<laughs> beat beat cemetery, uh, pet cemetery, and you you might be the next Stephen King. Oh, right. and hopefully you're not the next Dark Tower. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's that's really kind of the difference between what we were talking about before with you know a horror movie versus the cost of a fantasy movie. Dark Tower was goddamn expensive to make, over a hundred million dollars to make. I'm sure when you when you figure in all the extra stuff they did at the end and yeah. So the year of two Stephen King movies based on two of his epic properties. Yep. Wow. One did beautiful. The other one, well, we discussed that. Yeah. The Nebula Awards, uh, the awards that are bestowed to science fiction fantasy writers of America for works of excellence. Uh, But the 52-year-old organization has never lauded writers of video games. According to GeekWire... The SFWA will hand out a Nebula Award for Best Game Writing beginning in 2018. The SFWA president, Kat Rambo, told GeekWire, I would think that one of the things a Nebula... Why does he have to use a word like this? Imprimatur? I don't know this word. Imprimatur? Yeah, that one. What does that mean? Um, Andy? Nope. Okay, there we go. What kind of journalists are you? It's sort of like brand... It's okay. sort of like a legacy. Okay. So uh, a, ne- a nebula imprimatur would mean for a game is that it is a game that really has story to it. That it's a game that can achieve that sort of immersive, wonderful experience that only text can bring, unquote. Welcoming video games into SFWA's fold is yet another step of modernizing the organization, which has suffered its fair share of controversies. In yet another example of modernization, the... Uh, Association welcomed self-published and small press authors of science fiction and fantasy in 2015. And the, the association has been admitting writers of video games for a year now. Uh, writers who have earned $3,000 from writing a video game and have made one sale of 40,000 words or three sales of 10,000 words can qualify. But only one of them will win the 2018 award for best game writing. Bum, bum, bum. And by the way, what do you mean you hate when people use... You're talking about a science fiction and fantasy I, course, writers I, I association. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah I know. Yeah, they're, You're they're, lucky that's the damn, one word. Yeah. <laughs> Imprimatur. Yeah, they love to masturbate with that stuff. Absolutely. Imprimatur. A person's acceptance or guarantee that something is of good standard uh, based on the official license by the Roman Catholic Church to print an ecclesiastic or religious book. That still makes all the sense. There you go. Yeah, it, it makes me glad that my Kindle has a dictionary attached to it. Mm. The groundbreaking editor responsible for DC's legendary Vertigo imprint, Karen Berger, has joined with Dark Horse Comics to curate an entirely new line of comics. And now we know the titles. Uh, While running Vertigo, Berger made the imprint the high watermark for quality and excellence in comics, working with established creators, rising stars, and unknown talents alike to create some of the medium's most treasured tales. The first four brand new series from Berger Books, as it's being called, will be first Hungry Ghosts, an anthology series co-written by superstar chef and Emmy-winning TV personality Anthony Bourdain. What?! And Joel Rose will work together on their Vertigo graphic novels, Get Eero. The series will be four issues and tell stories of Japanese horror and lots of food. It will be on sale uh, January 31st, 2018. Okay. The next one, Incon- Incognigro Renaissance. 
I know. I had to stop and make sure I'm reading that right. <laughs> Uh, the following week, on February 7th, the imprint will release a prequel series to the acclaimed Vertigo, Vertigo graphic novel Incognito, a graphic mystery by the original writer and artist Matt Johnson and Warren Pleece. The first book starred an African-American reporter who can pass as white and who must stay unnoticed long enough to figure out the truth behind the death of a white woman who his brother has accused of murdering. In addition to the new prequel Wait, series... His, his brother was accused of murdering a white woman. Was accused. Yeah. Gotcha. In addition to the new prequel series, Burger Books will be releasing the 10th anniversary edition of the original story the same week. Uh, next one, Mata Hari. Uh, the short story will tell the... Uh, I'm sorry, the story will tell... Well, I'm, I'm such a good writer. This story will tell the story of the titular real-life femme fatale who was executed in 1917 for <laughs> using her position as an exotic dancer to work <laughs> as a spy. Jesus. Titular... Boy, this that paragraph's loaded with stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The series will play with the tension between the historical accounts of the woman and the legends that sprang up around her. The heavily researched book will be written by Emma Beebe with art by Aurelia Cristantiana and will be on sale February 21st. And the last one, The Seeds, uh, by veteran writer and Nocienti and award, Eisner Award-winning Hawkeye artist David Aja. The series is set in the near future America where facts no longer have a place in reporting and follows a reporter. Future? Future? What? What? I was expecting that. And follows a reporter who has to figure out how to get the truth out of the biggest story she's ever had. The four-issue series is described in the press release as an eco-fiction tech thriller involving mutated plants and animals and a love story beyond race and gender. In addition to these original stories, the imprint will also be releasing new editions of two Vertigo classics, the already mentioned 10th anniversary of Incognito, as well as the originals, the Essential Edition, originally released by tw- in 2004 by Vertigo, the sci-fi coming-of-age graphic novel landed writer-artist Dave Gibbons an Eisner Award. Whoa, okay, that's actually pretty major. Yeah. And so this the, what, new printing includes tons of behind-the-scenes art and bonus content. It goes on sale uh, April 18th, 2018. So that means that the creators kept the rights to their stuff and basically took it away from DC. Uh, I think that was part of the Vertigo line, that that, that you had some control over your wow. creation. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So it was, Clearly not things were like a Swamp Thing. They were already established characters. Right. I mean, then it's still that way. If you create a character for Marvel and DC, you... Nowadays, you might actually get a better uh, you contract. You can, depending you can. on it. Um, but back in the day, if you created something, it belonged to DC. And yeah, absolutely. It, uh, you you mentioned this just now, so I'll I'll throw it out there. In Bob, we trust uh, movie Bob on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He actually does an update because apparently years a while ago he did an explanation of the whole rights tangle with uh, McFarlane and Gaiman and Miracle Man and Marvel and everything. Oh, yes, I did see that. And he did an update uh, just a few weeks ago, released it, and actually does a great deal of explaining of a whole bunch of rights issues in comics and where creators stand today. He he explains what happened to Todd McFarlane, which is was hilarious because my brother and I that day were talking, and my brother, was, whatever happened to Todd McFarlane? I mean, you 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 know. And so it it's actually a very interesting video. It's movie Bob, so he you know he spits it out in less than ten minutes, and it's actually pretty informative. 
It's a Cuphead thing that I haven't had a chance to watch yet. No, that's a different. Thing. That's uh, that. That's uh, I'm, I was going to bring that up later. Okay, now go ahead and bring it up. What's this Cuphead thing? The Cuphead controversy. We were asked in the Shock Monkeys layer to discuss it on tonight's episode. Oh well, I know nothing about it. So. Me neither. Now I I watch Movie Bob did a did an episode just uh, just uh, recently, in like the last day or two talking about it because it's apparently a big gamer journalism controversy i hadn't heard anything about it but then again i'm kind of ignorant on that kind of stuff i watched movie bob's video and you know as no surprise i pretty much agree with him from what limited information i have to get another source i spoke to a friend of mine who's kind of in on the gamer journalism critique stuff he uh he isn't a gamer gator and he does not like the, the abusive uh, harassment tactics that they've taken. But neither is he a big fan of Zoe Quinn and, and, and the lot. And he, he does have uh, criticism of gamer journalists because there's a lot of controversy over you know, kind of like pay for play. Okay. I, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. And talks of integrity. Cuphead is this independent game that's coming out, and Andy, you will find it incredible. It's gorgeous. It's, it it's is fantastic. It's a side-scrolling hopper, right? Mm -hmm. sure. You know, remember like the, remember like, like Mario and shit. Yep. The graphics are like a '30s Flesher cartoon. Nice and, to a T. And it is beautiful. It is beautiful. It looks great. I watched this, and I'm like, this would be the first time I'd ever get into one of these games because it just looks wonderful. Yeah, just to see it in motion. This journalist uh, did, a, did a preview play, and he basically recorded himself playing. He sucked at it. A gamer, video game journalist. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he sucked at it, so he actually put up, according to Movie Bob, a video saying, well, look at me suck at this, this new game. And so he put it up, and... People went crazy talking about this journalist who doesn't know how to play games, doesn't know anything about games. What the hell is he doing talking about games? And they got the whole controversy blew up. So that that's what in. this is. Yes, that's what it is. I sent the video to my gamer video gamer contact, and within minutes he came back with, "Oh Jesus Christ, this is the stupidest thing I have seen all fucking week." And I'm talking about a week where I watched my <laughs> boss's boss try to plug a USB cable into a screw hole on her computer. So, wow, okay. So, so that's a quote. That's, that's so, uh, <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, it's a pretty stupid controversy. Well, um, again, I don't I, look not, into it myself, but yeah, what you're describing sounds pretty dumb. Right, exactly. I haven't read up on the, the whole criticism of this guy. This just journalist, this guy apparently been talking tech and gaming for decades okay so it's like a real experienced guy and uh, and i'm not going to get too deep into it because i think the video game journalism has problems but the critique of it has its own set of issues to the point that you know like most discussions on the internet there's only so far you can go and it's just not not a dog i'm going to have a fight in mm -hmm. so i don't i don't bother getting too deep in the judgment and uh, so watch movie bob's video and get an idea of it. And then when Cuphead comes out, for fuck's sake, buy That's it. gorgeous. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah, even if you're not good at him, it looks like a good if, game. And maybe if we, after the episode, we can talk Todd into firing up uh, his video. It 
because uh, movie movie Bob has some excerpts and shows. I remember it. there was a there was a Disney game that I was actually kind of interested in. I've never played it though. It was like the, where there was like a Oswald the Rabbit was in it or something. Is it the one where he had to paint? Things? Yes, that's the one that came out for the Wii. First yeah, of all, I believe. Yeah, that's why I didn't have I, it. I played it for a little bit. It was okay. A paint yeah. game for the Wii. That's imagine that. That that sounds well, logical. You, you you influence the world by painting some of it. It is a black and white world with you know Mickey ah. adds paint to it. Did you have to get? I barely the, remember it. The um the actual paintbrush accessory. I'm sure that was available. <laughs> it was the goddamn Wii, Wii yeah. So. Or you get on the Wii glove and his finger paint. As I recall, you could actually like, alter things. Though. You could actually <coughs> take the thing in a darker direction if you did something with it. If you, yeah, it's you. Yeah, you could go between characters. I don't remember much of it, yeah. and, and I don't remember it being that memorable. But, but the fact it was Oswald the Rabbit. But sure. Like, wow, that's like well, yeah, that was a cool thing that it revisited you know, old Disney. Yeah. Uh, uh, with this whole Cuphead thing, just what you're telling me. I can't speak to this guy's past experience yeah. and what he had. Uh, I know that I am terrible at side scrollers, mm-hmm. um, and but that's not my jam. But I am pretty. I get real deep in the RPGs, so it's spending hundreds of hours. I don't. Maybe this is that kind of guy's thing where he. This is not the kind of game yeah, he usually think, plays, and I think that's it. And he, it doesn't sound like he was playing it as a review. It was just like, oh look, I played some Cuphead, and I'm terrible at it. Here, watch it. it was, yeah, it was kind of well. It was a kind of a preview review. It was, but it wasn't an in-depth yeah. breaking the game down. Movie Bob does a great job of, of breaking okay. things down. Yeah, so, I'll, but, I'll watch it, but, but yeah, and I, and you know, fuck the controversy. That yeah. that game looks. Fucking cool. Yeah. Nice. And if nothing else, hey, maybe this controversy gets that more public, that game. Yeah, really. I mean, the the deep gamers have known about Cuphead for years at this point. But. Yeah, let's, uh, let's uh, yeah, Streisand affected, everybody. <laughs> What's your Streisand? Write to us, comments at uglycatshow.com. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. Until next week. Yeah, that's a Streisand. Yeah, yeah no, I, I know. I, I recognize it. Yeah, I, was I wasn't good. looking at you when he I said that, He was talking to Andy. Ty. He was yeah. looking at me. I was, was creeping me out. <laughs> Perhaps you're his Streisand. I am not his Streisand. I don't, know. I, I don't make him look in the corner when I pass him by. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm Master Torgo. <laughs> uh, Commander K. Oh, yeah, him. Fact <laughs> check Andy. Can't. Jeff, get back. This is too hard. <laughs> <laughs> What's... <laughs> Maple Leaf Matt. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week in Geek. I, yeah. I'm waiting. I'm always waiting. Yeah. And it's just like... Uh, uh, uh. You're, you're waiting for, for yeah, we, to we, go? We, 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 we kind of do it as the, the person that's been here the longest goes first, and then it that trickles on down. So, yeah, Jeff's gone, and so you're yeah, you're, 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 you're next in line. I'm next in line. Man. It's scary. I, I prefer you killed, being the power behind the throne. If you kill Torgo right now, you could be running that board. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, you have at it. Yeah. In fact, I insist. <laughs> go ahead. I'll be like Andy. I'll just start pressing buttons. <laughs> buttons. And then you get frustrated and just pour some liquid, just pour the full thing of cocoa right in. Well, it does create a neat effect Mm. for a a couple fractions of a second. If I'm running the audio board, it's going to be the the four of us talking over my phone, which (laughs) will have the recorder function on. Or Andy talking over his own phone that he doesn't realize is talking. I hear stuff. He's that looking right at your it. Face. He's looking right at it. And we're too. all looking at you like, turn off your phone. And you're like, I, I, I hear stuff. He's having, a, he's having a horror moment right now. Your apartment's haunted. This guy was talking to me. Thank you.